how do you plan out your individual classes and keep an eye on the pacing? Today's episode is a leveling up episode where I coach Tamika, a Spanish teacher in New Jersey. Lesson planning with a close eye on timing and class pacing is the area where she wants to level up her teaching. So let's start the conversation. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral, and you are joining us today for a leveling up episode, which is a coaching episode that I am doing with a teacher. And so our teacher today is Tamika, and she is a Spanish teacher in New Jersey. And she would like to talk about streamlining her lesson planning, and we'll get into that a bit. But welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here today, Tamika. Thank you, Joshua. I'm super excited. We had talked quickly earlier about this being a little bit of a transition place in your teaching career. So can you talk to us about what that is for the context? Absolutely. So I started, I uh, entered the classroom in 2007 as an elementary school Spanish teacher, and that was the bulk of my, that was the extent of my experience. It was a wonderful experience. I really did enjoy working with children that small. I think probably because I didn't have young children at that time, it made it easier to like be surrounded by young children all day. And um, I did that until I got married and had my son. And then when I decided to go back to school, I knew that I wanted to transition to working with a slightly older set of kids. I subbed in my town to kind of just get a feel for the different age groups. And I realized that high school is not for me. And I settled on middle school and was able to find a job 15 minutes from my house. It's a wonderful school, uh, super supportive staff, extremely diverse. It's like it's home for sure as far as schools go to me. But teaching 14 seven-year-olds is very different than teaching 14 14-year-olds, specifically because I'm prepping them for the next level, you know? Whereas mm -hmm. the elementary kids, it's just kind of exposure and getting them to enjoy it. But I need to make sure that my students are ready to move on to Spanish 2. Or if I need to re-recommend them for Spanish 1, fine. But I'm trying to get them ready for Spanish 2 in their ninth grade year. So that was that's where I am. So I've been there since uh, 2020. Yes, yeah, 2020, the heart of the pandemic. Yeah, you had to hit the ground running going yeah. <laughs> during the pandemic <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so myself, I teach elementary and middle school, so I have grades one through eight, so I can see where you're talking about what the idea of lesson planning with that eye towards preparing them for the next level, who's going to have them mm -hmm. next, and there's a, a lot of talk about more proficiency and what's happening in there, so it is definitely a, a different way of going about it. So what is the area specifically that we want to focus on today? So I'd like to specifically focus on my lesson planning because I have four in my I have four different classes. I have a wide a, a range of students in my classes. Um, I have some kids who speak Spanish at home but have never taken formal languages. I have some students who have no idea of the concept of a gendered language. Specifically, lesson planning for my fifty-minute block 
to make sure that I have some routine, right? Um, but also mm-hmm. the thing I think I'm missing out on a lot of is finding time to assess. Like I think I'm either planning too much or too little when mm-hmm. I'm doing my lesson plans and that that's kind of what I need to, to streamline. Okay, so let's dive in and unpack that uh, a bit so that we can come to a a concrete goal for the conversation. So the first question I want to put out to you is, can you give an example of when you are in the midst of a class, whether you're 20 minutes in or 30 minutes in, where you sort of have this realization that this could have been planned better? Like, what is that? Like, what's leading you to think, oh, this this wasn't as effective as possible? Um, it's usually coming toward the end of my, I would say within the last like 10 to 15 minutes. And I'm getting the vibe that either I, they, they got it, right? They're, they've picked this up. They're, they're utilizing the material. They're comfortable with it. And I still have 15 minutes to fill. So it can look like mm-hmm. that. Or I could be, you know, we we could have worked on something and I might be doing one of the comprehension activities, whether it be a video activity or a writing activity or listening activity, and they are lost. And I have 10 minutes and maybe I I very rarely have all of my kids lost, but I have some that if if they're lost, I know I didn't hit the mark. You know, I have some that are always going to pick it up. And then I only have 10 you know, 10, 15 minutes left. And I'm like, do I go back to the drawing board? What do I say? Stop this you know, do one of the uh, rote activities that we, we tend to do and I can start over tomorrow. I'm usually like in 30 minutes and 40 minutes in, and I go, oh, like this is not landing or this was too easy. And now what do I do? And so when that happens in the moment, when you ask yourself, so what do I do? What are some things that you have done to sort of mitigate that situation? So I have like, uh, I love routine. And I really kind of drill this in in that first month of school. So I all I have what I call like a basket. I'm not going to ask that my basket of tricks or games mm-hmm. that my kids can always go to. They can, there's a, a gemelos. It's like playing spot it in Spanish. Uh, there's a card game called Noventa y Nueve, and I can expand that to make it simpler or you know larger to practice numbers. There's uh, I always have like a a, a Pictionary and Hangman like set up with our current vocab. So I can say, okay, we've got 10 minutes, pick one of these, find, pick a group of your cho- your choosing. Sometimes I put them in groups, but I like to give them groups of choice too. Um, go into a group of your choice and pick an activity and do that for the last 10 to 15 minutes. So then they're working on something else. They're not even still necessarily in what I was trying to do. Because if it's if it's not landing, then I, I don't feel right assessing it. You know, I know I, they need a little more. So if you could think of maybe pinpointing one or two things that might be the underlying factor that mm-hmm. are contributing to the the lessons not feeling like they're flowing correctly, mm-hmm. what would you think that might be? I would, if I were to make a guess, I would say I feel uncertain that I'm hitting kind of all of the learning styles with my topic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've got learners mm-hmm. who, who can hear what I'm saying and that's how they do it best. I have learners who need the visuals that I put on the board and that's how they do it best. I'm not sure that I'm plan- in my plans, I'm hitting all the styles. And then that, that's, mm-hmm. and then when they have to work together, some people they're getting it and some people aren't. And so it's not flowing the way I want it to flow in that, um, that conversation part of the class. And so that's 
sounds like it's kind of getting into the area of differentiation a bit where you're having different styles and different mm-hmm. students are at different places. You even mentioned having some heritage speakers and then some mm-hmm. that are new to the language. So that's mm-hmm. contributing to it as well. To help us kind of focus in on what our goal will be. So now taking into consideration where those hurdles have been, if you kind of look forward with some rose-colored glasses on and you have a, a class, you have a week of classes where you look back at all of them and you say, those all went really well this week. Mm-hmm. What would those classes look like where that's happening? It would look like, so my my welcoming routine went well, the kids were engaged, people participated. I don't love to lecture, you know, I like So I I like to present and then have them engage with something. So maybe I do a short five to 10 minute presentation, right, of our agenda and our objectives. And then I give them the tool to say, you're going to investigate this or investigate that. And then we come back together and we are able to kind of then take what we were working on and apply it to some activities. And because they were able to work on their own, maybe using a variety of tools a reading or a video, you know, I let them, let them choose. And then they're able to apply it accurately. And then I have some kind of like exit ticket, exit something that they're handing to me to confirm that Mm -hmm. they got it, you know, and we can move on. Okay. And does, does that seem achievable to you? Now that I said it out loud? Yes. Um, I don't think I ever <laughs> visualized what I never took taken the time to say this is what it would this is what I want it to look like. So mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds very achievable. Right? Yeah. And I think we get into this place as teachers where we're such on the treadmill of the everyday. And the, okay, this needs to be better for tomorrow. This I need to change this for tomorrow or in the moment with my number of mm-hmm. preps and everything. And I think that that's one of the great things that comes out of these coaching episodes that I'm doing here is that we're just taking a break, taking a breath, and really looking at what is it that we want. And I love that yeah. you sort of said that I never really looked at what the possibilities never. could be. And 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 if you see it as achievable, then we can find a way to get there. But right. if you have a goal that doesn't seem achievable, then we need to right. talk about some other stuff. Yeah, my goal know? is like, I want to be better, but that's not like <laughs> yeah. a specific yeah, goal. Yeah. What I was hearing there in terms of setting a goal is this interplay between pacing within your class, mm-hmm. right? So pacing where the activities flow into another activity and then being able to actually accomplish that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the mm-hmm. pacing set up in a way where you can accomplish all the goals. Mm-hmm. What I was hearing, and you can totally say, oh, that's not really right. It it feels like you're maybe trying to do too much within a class. Guaranteed. Right? And so that's the treadmill, right? Always Mm -hmm. on that treadmill of what's next, what's next, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that if we look at setting up a template for what your class looks like, not Mm -hmm. cookie cutter, always the same, but a template that says we are going to do three activities in a class. And you said mm-hmm. your classes are 50 minutes long? I have 50 minute classes, yes. Okay. So set it up into three parts or maybe four parts, depending on however the math works out with the minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and to either do two or three activities. Mm-hmm. 
and activities could mean something that you're explaining or something that you're watching, just, you know, that are different. And I think specifically at the middle school level, if you do one activity for an entire class, you know, you're going to lose them, right? Oh, That's yeah. too long. <laughs> 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And something else that might be contributing to trying to do so much is you feel like you have to keep them engaged by doing something else and not spending right. too long, I think right? The co- I, I feel like I have this need for constant engagement, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, do the, I do the same thing as a mom now that I think about it. It's like <laughs> we feel like we always, because I don't, I feel I'm in this space where like, I don't want someone to look through the window and say, right, the, the two minutes I'm not constantly engaged and go, what are you guys doing in there? So I guess I have to let that go. That's a mindset shift I need to make. Yeah. And, and it's also the, that mindset shift is what engagement actually is and what it looks like, Right, like what it looks like to the untrained eye and what it looks like to a master educator are, are different, Right, you know, students watching a video where you're doing it as sort of a comprehensible input activity where mm-hmm. they're not directly engaged with output during it, mm-hmm. but that they're watching it with a goal of finding certain words or cultural aspects, or mm-hmm. they're going to give their opinion after. Mm-hmm. That is complete and total engagement, you know, mm-hmm. but to look mm-hmm. at it, it looks really passive, you right. know, so... It's like if you know that and you ever have to answer for it, it's for it's funny because how often do we actually have to answer for that? You know, the fear think, is that so- <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever, ne- never, whenever like administrations <laughs> popped into my class, they're just thrilled my kids are in the target language, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, great job. And I'm like, but I need better. <laughs> yeah. So that's like we put it on ourselves and we uh-huh. create that anxiety and expectation if somebody walks in right now i need to be able to explain exactly what we're doing and right. i mean yes we should have some general idea but uh, but feeling confident that the pacing is where it should be and mm-hmm. i think that when i use the word template for a class mm-hmm. it's to say that the template is there are three activities mm-hmm. that's the template And one of them is going to be group interaction. Mm -hmm. One of them is going to be partner interaction. Mm -hmm. And one of them might be sort of a solo activity where they're watching something or they're reading something. And I mean, the watching and reading can also happen in a group and in pairs, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also have something that's individual. And that individual could also be you leading a discussion with the entire mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. but they are responding just to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's the whole class, but that mm-hmm. would be individual. That would be a little more teacher-centered, whereas the yeah. other ones wouldn't be, right? Yeah. So looking at like what are those three sections of the class and mm-hmm. what are three possible things to be doing differently and coming up with a whole variety of possibilities of what those could be, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you can, you have those 10 things that can happen. Right. And then you kind of mix and match them in based Mm -hmm. on the unit Mm -hmm. and and what you're doing. That's a really good idea. I love the idea of the solo um, activity too, because that would give me time to, I would let them work solo and that would give me time to walk over to those kids who I know need more support and check in. 
mm-hmm. if everyone's before I send them to work with a partner and so they feel a bit more confident. So that's mm-hmm. a really great idea. And also you'll figure out once you get into the the routine of doing that of where things work best where mm-hmm. you might see with certain classes that the individual stuff is best at the beginning. Right. Or maybe you'll think, oh, it's actually best at the end because you really need to corral the students mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to end with a group activity and then it's time to leave, you know? So yeah. you'll figure out, like, that's what I mean when I use the word pacing for a class mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it's like you feel like it's in the pocket you know, Mm -hmm. and that it's like, it's flowing, you know, like you've achieved the flow. Like, like you feel that in the, in the classroom of when things work out and when they don't. 100%. Yeah. So let's think maybe about what some of those segments could look like, right? Let's, let's come up with six together right here and you'll have those ready to go. Right. So we'll, we'll look at like 15 minute segments. okay? Okay. So Let's use things that have worked well in your class. Mm-hmm. You're not reinventing the wheel. There are things yeah. you've done well. And we're just going to focus on those things. And you're going to be like, wow, there's a lot of things that I've done really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do those now. And I'm going to have a great class. So what has been one activity you've done with students that you've been proud of? And the thing is, I do so much. I really have to try to like whittle this down. So I know one thing that I love and I'm excited about is kind of doing that flip the classroom thing where I find tools and videos for them to watch and make them take their own notes. Um, Mm -hmm. That way, when when we come back to our group discussion, like our whole class discussion, they already have an idea and they can throw their questions at me then. So that solo portion of like putting resources in our, our LMS system and letting them take notes individually, I like that. I do this thing called volleyball reading. Like if they have a reading activity, so they're volleying with their partner and they read for one minute with their partner and then a timer goes off and they have to switch and mm-hmm. go to the next partner. And whoever is the, the closest to the beginning, they start there. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of repetition. They get a lot of vocab that way. So volleyball reading, mm-hmm. uh, the videos for input. I do jigsaw groups for, for, for like a group thing where... I'm, I put them, say, a group of mm-hmm. four and like or I have four topics and like you're going to become the expert on each one of these four topics. And then it's your task to then present that topic to a larger group. Mm-hmm. Right. So you start with your solo research and then you come up with the other you, you and okay. the other four experts create a presentation along with some kind of assessment at the end. Fill in the blank. True or false. And then you guys spread out and you present it to the other kids in the other group. So if we take those those three things you just mentioned, okay? So we had the individual activity mm-hmm. where they're either reading or listening to something and they're mm-hmm. they're pulling out their own understanding of it. And then the second activity mm-hmm. was with the volleyball reading. And then the third activity was the jigsaw, right? So say you were using those three activities in a class. Do you think that those activities could happen for just 15 minutes each in one class or do they need more time? If you put it all together, it's 45 minutes. I could piece it out. Like the jigsaw group needs more than 15 minutes. The volleyball read needs more than 15 minutes. But the solo... The volleyball mm-hmm. probably needs 10. The solo probably needs 10, right? And then I could give mm-hmm. the rest to the jigsaw because when they're in bigger groups, right, they just need more time. Mm-hmm. 
And then the presentations, which I guess I would probably have to push off Mm -hmm. to the next day, but that could mean presenting and then also assess, right? Presenting, applying Mm -hmm. and assessing. So I could look at it as a two day thing instead of a one day thing, which is probably not a bad idea. So I, I think that what you were saying at the beginning Mm -hmm. where you're trying to get it all done is taking a step back, looking at, I want to do Mm -hmm. these three activities on a particular topic. And actually put out Mm -hmm. what is the minutes that are needed on it. And so when I originally said 15 minutes and you said, Mm -hmm. oh, no, this one would be 10, this would be 10, the other one would be more. And then you even got to that place yourself where you're like, oh, this is going to have to go to the next day. So by Mm -hmm. just putting the minutes on the activities, Mm -hmm. you've already set up a pacing for your class where you're not going to get to that point where, oh, this isn't working. And then mm-hmm. you start to realize, oh, this is going to be over two days. And you might realize with, with a class, once you're in the habit of doing it, is that the volleyball reading, they, they really get mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. and it's actually going to be 15 or 20 minutes, you know, and mm-hmm. for that particular class and, and name it that or shorter. adjust what they're reading mm-hmm. and make it shorter so it does only take 10 minutes. Oh, I can't expand it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, but then put the minutes on it, you know, and the more you do it and actually watch when you're doing Mm -hmm. these activities in your class, watch the clock and actually Mm -hmm. note how long it took Mm -hmm. before I call it the tipping point (laughs) when it's like, okay, yeah, this activity is (laughs) over, you know, and it it needed to end three (laughs) minutes ago for me to call it effective, you know? (laughs) So as you're doing the activities, figure out, like actually Mm -hmm. write down the time and watch it like a data collection and say, when I do volleyball reading, this is a good length of text and it, for it to take 10 minutes. And so when you plan for that, you're going to plan for 10 mm-hmm. minutes and it'll mm-hmm. become part of your routine, you know? And I think the more you can take those activities and put a time on it and figure out what it looks like within that time frame, then you can start to plan out these classes mm-hmm. that feel productive. Right. And I want, I want to feel, I want my kids to feel like they were engaged. I want to feel productive and I want to feel like we're moving forward without me, like, you know, juggling 17 different things. Cause I, I know that a, I teaching is like public mm-hmm. speaking, right? It's basically a performance. You can't always be on for the full 50 minutes. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. Even Beyonce takes a break. And then also like, mm-hmm. I feel like I rush them and that's, that's why the pacing also Aside from rushing myself, I'm rushing them, and that's not good for them. So mm-hmm. in terms of a, an action plan mm-hmm. for you, taking all this in, right? A lot of different things to do. So I would say that for this week, and I don't think you're probably back in school yet. We're, we're having yeah. this uh, conversation over the summer. But if you were in the classroom, mm-hmm. but here's something you can think of for the next week. Because I always like to say this week and then ongoing. So Mm -hmm. do something this week that feels Mm -hmm. achievable so that you keep going with the plan. And so for this week, I would say maybe put together that list of six to Mm ten activities that you do in your classroom. And for at least the fall, stick to those activities. Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to do everything. And make sure that within in those activities, you're hitting on the modes. And don't forget, please, as I always say to teachers, don't forget to make one of those activities just kids mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. fun and enjoying the language. 
you know, like we have to plan for that. We have to make yeah, sure we do it because if we don't, it's not going to be there. So make that list of okay. what are going to be your go-to activities mm-hmm. that you can use in different ways and start with thinking which three okay. will I use in okay, any awesome. given class to help with your pacing. And that's mm-hmm. going to sort of be the ongoing because then once you start using mm-hmm. them, really note how long they take. And then as you're doing your lesson planning, you'll say, oh, I can't do this activity and this activity in the same class because it takes way more time and I'm going to feel like I'm rushing them. Right. Oh, that's such a, that's such good feedback. Or these two activities or these three activities, and they're really like five to 10 minute activities. I'm going to end up in that place Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier where there's Mm -hmm. 15 minutes Mm -hmm. left, right? So it's it's very analytical and looking at data with minutes and things like that, but It'll become mm-hmm. second nature the the more you do it and it feels awesome. successful. Does that kind of make sense for you? Yes, it makes perfect sense. I'm su- I'm I'm actually excited to get started planning. I do have a couple weeks left before I go back, but I'm going today to clean out my classroom. Um, so I'm getting in school mode. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to have right. If you give me a map or a recipe, I can follow it. But mm-hmm. I realize I just wasn't asking myself the right questions to create. Mm-hmm. An actual yeah. recipe, yeah. you know, for success. Yeah. So thank you. I think the the other thing with having go-to activities is it's more comfortable for students. They anticipate right. them. They know what to do with them. And you don't have to explain right, them every right. time, which helps so much with pacing. Because you do a new activity, you think it's going to take two minutes to mm-hmm. explain, and you're 17 mm-hmm. minutes in, and there's 400 yeah. questions, and then it's the right. end of the class. Yeah. You know, so the, the more you're using activities that they recognize mm-hmm. the less you have to account for that gotcha. as well yeah okay wonderful yes Thank yeah. you. yes well tamika this has been an absolute pleasure and i am very envious of your students and your your energy and everything you bring to the classroom and i'm going to check in with you in a couple of okay. months and see how things are going we can have a follow-up conversation and i'm going to send you notes on everything that we talked about along with some resources as well okay Awesome. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how great this was for me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise. Uh, I'm really excited. It feels good to be excited to go back to work. Oh, that is the best thing I have ever heard. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) What insights or inspiration did you take away from that coaching session? If you want to dive deeper into your own teaching practice, consider joining me for a leveling up episode. Just click the link in the show notes and we can set it up. You'll also see a link while you're there for Talking Points, my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the World Language Classroom podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. Connect with me on X, aka Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at WL Classroom. And for even more valuable resources, visit my website, wlclassroom.com, where you'll find over 300 blog posts about language teaching. So stay inspired, keep growing, and continue making a difference in your language classroom.